your Lord desires to purify your soul, and he can use a very rough file. He may even assault the pure and nobler things in your life. Yes, good can be an enemy of God's best. Thank you for tuning in to Health Live today. I'm your host, Robert D., and let's jump right into it. Hey, today I've been led to just, uh, well, to say a few things. <laughs> um, today we're going to talk a little bit about false prophets. Um, I'm not going to do an expose of the false prophets out there today. Uh, it's nothing like that. My heart and goal is to become more pure and to become true, to become a true servant of God and to become more pure and, and be faithful to God. Um, and so with that being said, um, I'm just going to jump in and just remind us, you know, sometimes I wake up in the morning and I said a couple of days ago to my wife, the greatest gift that we can have is the gift of repentance. And just the fact that God is showing you your, your sin or your, your weaknesses or exposing some things, that's a gift. And then to be able to bring you to a, a, a place of repentance where you're turning to the Lord. And he's got something to work with there uh, versus somebody who's ignoring the Spirit of God, is ignoring the Word of God. And... Um, I don't know, I just woke up this morning with the greatest gift. It's like I'm waking up every day. The greatest gift we can have. And today it was the Word of God and the written Word of God even. How important it is, um, but it has to be with the Spirit of God. You know, when you're reading the Word of God, hopefully, prayerfully, that Word is reading you. And that's what should be going on with a true disciple of Jesus Christ. And so... I'm going to uh, open up today by reading uh, Jeremiah chapter 23. And uh, let's see, I'm going to be right in verse 14. <clears throat> I have seen also in the prophets of Jerusalem a horrible thing. They commit adultery and walk in lies. They strengthen also the hands of evildoers that none does return from his wickedness. They are all of them unto me as Sodom, and the inhabitants thereof as Gomorrah. Now, I'm just going to stop right there for right now, just that one verse, because when I was reading this recently, the part where it says, they strengthen also the hands of evildoers, that none does return from his wickedness. Wow. That is something right there. And if you've heard me before in other shows, I'm being convinced, I'm being convicted by the Holy Spirit that we are to become a voice and we are to become a representative uh, of Jesus. Um, now that takes time. And between the time of being called to the actual time of being commissioned by Him, that's up to Him. Um, I've heard it said once that... You know, our natural mind will actually, like the world, send a person to, say, Bible school for three years, for, say, 30 years of ministry, when in fact, or in truth, we probably should send a, a disciple to 30 years of preparation for three years of ministry. And it's sort of like the life of Jesus. You know, he was prepared for 30 years, and it says that he came his ministry began as he turned 30 years old. I mean, that's scriptural. 
So that preparation of 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 a I want to say even of a, a child of God, a saint of God. Um, I'm thinking of Elijah. You know, the Tishbite. Uh, you don't hear anything of his life. All of a sudden, he just appears on the scene, and to me, that speaks volumes. That, that here's a a person, a man who's being prepared by the Lord Himself. And I'm under the conviction today that there are many that are being prepared by the Lord Himself. They're not being prepared by men. And they are submitting to the cross. They are submitting to their personal cross. They are dying daily to the things of this world. And the Lord is beginning to open their eyes and open their ears. And eventually, He sends them. And so, I'm going to say that you do not want to run off and start doing the works of the Lord without being sent by Him. Um, I believe many have done it, and I'm going to continue reading, because if you continue in my word, He says, then are you my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. One of the things that, again, I woke up to, one of the greatest gifts that we can have today is the written word of God. And the Lord is telling me to return to the word, and just soak in my word and take my word and receive my word. And see, with the Spirit of God on that word is like Hebrews 4.12. The word of God is powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It divides. It pierces between that which is of the soul and that which is of the spirit. That which is of the flesh, you know, what we want to do versus the will of God. And when you hear the true word of God, there's a separation that's taking place. And you have to make a choice when you hear the true word of God. Now, if you don't hear the true word of God, you'll never know that you're listening to something false. And I'm going to continue in his word right here. So they, they, um, I, I've seen, this is the Lord. Now, I've seen a, a horrible thing uh, in the prophets of Jerusalem. They commit adultery and walk in lies. They strengthen also the hands of evildoers that none do return from his wickedness. Now, see, that's telling me right there. How do you strengthen the hands of evildoers? Well, there could probably be a, a number of ways. But one of the ways is never confronting them, never telling them the truth. And that's why, like Jesus said, blessed are you when you're hated, okay, uh, of men, because that they did that to the, to the true prophets that I sent. They tried to put their light out. They actually did put some light out. You know, they, they, they thought they did, but you can't put out the light of God. So that none do return from his wickedness. Now, that's going to be important by the time I'm through today. Then he says this, They are all of them unto me, as Sodom and the inhabitants thereof as Gomorrah. In other words, like when the Lord's looking at his people and the prophets and their situation, they look like the world. And, and worse than that, they look like Sodom and Gomorrah. That's how bad we've gotten. And I believe it's possible. And I believe today that the Lord is saying, not only do you need to return to the Word, you need to return to me. For I am the Word. The return to Jesus. So he says, Therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, concerning the prophets, behold, I will feed them with wormwood and make them drink the water of gall. For from the prophets of Jerusalem is profaneness gone forth into all the land. And the, the word profaneness right there is hypocrisy in my margin. So to walk this walk, and it's going to take time. And again, I'm going to allude back to what I just said. Between the time that you are called and the, between the time you're being prepared and sent, um, very, very important. You can presume to go, and I'm going to get to that. 
Okay. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, hearken not unto the words of the prophets that prophesy unto you. They make you vain. They speak a vision of their own heart and not out of the mouth of the Lord. Can you imagine? Well, I'm seeing it today and I'm hearing it. Um, they say still unto them that despise me, the Lord has said you shall have peace. And they shall say unto everyone that walks after the imagination of his own heart, no evil shall come upon you. For who has stood, and this is a question, for who has stood in the counsel of the Lord, and in the margin is the secret of the Lord. Who has stood, and the, and the emphasis is who, who has actually stood in the counsel of the Lord, and perceived and heard his word. Who has marked his word and heard it? That is, as I'm reading this, I'm just, you know. Behold, a whirlwind of the Lord has gone forth in fury, even a grievous whirlwind. It shall fall grievously upon the head of the wicked. The anger of the Lord shall not return until he have executed, until he have performed the thoughts of his heart. In the latter days you shall consider it perfectly. And listen to this. I have not sent these prophets, yet they ran. I have not spoken to them, yet they prophesied. Verse 22. But if they had stood in my counsel... And it caused my people to hear my words. Then they should have turned them from their evil way and from the evil of their doings. And there, right there, folks, is the power of the word of God. God is raising up, and I believe this, the invitations to you who are hearing this. And I'm going to say this. It is not easy. It is not easy waiting upon the Lord. It's not easy. I, I sometimes think of Jesus. I've shared this with my wife probably multiple times. But I've often thought of Jesus, say when he was 23 years old. And then he's 26 years old. And all this stuff going on around him. And he knew things. You just know he knew. And yet his ministry hadn't begun really. He was being prepared. What was it like for him to live when he was 27 years old, 28 years old? Seeing all these things, listening to false, falsity, if I could say it like that. And yet doing, you know, things that were always pleasing for when the Lord did manifest, when he was baptized by John the Baptist. The voice from heaven said, this is my son, my, my only son in whom I am well pleased. Uh, that's powerful. Because his ministry had not even begun. As a matter of fact, that was the beginning when the father said that. And so... Again, the preparation and the timing, uh, very, very important. See, but if they had stood in my counsel and it caused my people to hear my words, I just want to say this. See, you can't expect anybody to change or to be convicted by the word of God until you, my friend, have been convicted by the spirit of God. Until you begin to be conformed, until you into the image of his son until you begin to take on the thoughts of God, you know, and how he's thinking towards us and receiving, you know, the rebukes and the corrections, the chastenings, if you will. Um, you have to first experience that. And that's not easy. Um, he goes on to say, am I a God at hand, saith the Lord, and not a God afar off? Can any hide himself in secret places that I shall not see him? saith the Lord. Do not I fill heaven and earth, saith the Lord. That's amazing. See, we could know it intellectually, but the experience of it is like, you could be doing things that are so far off from God and not even realizing that it's a dangerous thing. 
It's, it's a dangerous thing. How long shall this be in the heart of the prophets that prophesy lies? Yes, they are prophets of the deceit of their own heart, which think to cause my people to forget my name by their dreams, which they tell every man to his neighbor, as their fathers have forgotten my name for Baal. It's just, it's, I'm astounded at the word of God. And I believe that you can go for a season and maybe more and actually be ignoring even the written word of God. And the Lord is telling me, like, return to the word, return to my word, return to my word, return to me with all your heart. And so that you can get cleansed, you can get washed, you can be purified. <clears throat> it's an actual invitation from the Lord. Um, there's many people making excuses. There are people substituting religious activity for a relationship with the Lord. I believe that with all my heart. You can be going to church. You can pray. As a matter of fact, Jesus said in, in the Gospel of John to the religious people of that day, you search the scriptures and you actually think that in them you have eternal life. But these very scriptures testify of me. But you won't come to me that you might have life. And see, there's no possible way that you can have true life apart from coming to Jesus. So when I'm coming to the Word of God, it's not just the Word of God. I'm coming to the feet of Jesus and I'm listening and I'm paying attention and I'm receiving any correction, any rebukes, okay? My life is not my own. Your life, if you've surrendered to Jesus, is not your own. You're, it's not for you. To, he has rights over your soul now. And for you to turn the other way or even yourself to be selfish and do your own thing and I'm seeing this, that people are doing their own things even in their ministries, okay, as unto the Lord. It's selfish and it's very, very fine line. And But to think that you, you don't have the substance of God to actually cause somebody to, 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 to bring them nearer to Jesus, that you're actually driving them away. You know, a lot of the religious activity that's going on in church, church land, if I may say it like that, the, the, the outward church, the external church that we see out there, a lot of it is actually drawing people to Jesus. No, it's actually drawing them away from Jesus. Okay? And the only way you're going to know that is by drawing near to Jesus yourself. Now, if you're, if you're with me today, you're listening to me, I know some of you may be traveling on the road and just listening during your lunchtime or whatever, and there's others who have your word out, and I was just in uh, Jeremiah 23. But uh, a very uh, popular, famous <clears throat> scripture. I'm going to go to Matthew chapter 7. Um, <clears throat> I just want to read this <clears throat> because I want to get to the root cause uh, that we need. And again, this word's for us today. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to spend my time today exposing all the false prophets that are out there. He's got people to do that. And I believe some of them are God sent. I really believe that. Okay. Then there's others who are just, they're just as evil as the false prophets themselves. In other words, they're a wolf in sheep's clothing. They're just as evil as the, as the false ones. You know, what makes one evil? <sighs> I have to stop right there. Okay. Let me read Matthew 7. Okay. Enter, verse 13. This is Jesus speaking. Enter ye in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way, which leads unto life, and few there be that find it. Now, when I was an infant Christian, and I began to read this, I actually preached this at my dad's funeral. I was one year in. The same year that I met Jesus, my dad was gone. And I actually ministered the word at his funeral. Um, 
that's how free I was. Um, there was a day, and only my wife knows this, there was a day because of the loss that I suffered as a young boy, I couldn't even walk into a funeral home without blubbering, without walking back out. I could not even enter into it. But when I met Jesus, who is the resurrection, I could walk into it. I actually feel more comfortable at funerals than I do weddings. I know that sounds kind of weird and maybe perverted to you, but I do. Because it's an opportunity to share that every man is going to die. Like everything in life is temporary. Everything. I mean, I could go on and on. And it's, I feel it much comfortable to share at funerals. And I've done many, actually, uh, in my wife's family and, and in my own. And it's, it's okay. I feel comfortable sharing the compassion of God. And so, when I read these two scriptures, I, the reason why I'm saying that is back then, without knowledge, without growing, without revelation of Jesus Christ... I'm reading at surface that, you know, many, uh, many, okay, that, uh, go to the way of destruction. And my mentality was the people in the world. Um, because straight is the gate, narrow is the way that leads them to life, and few there be that find it, and that was the save. Today I'm reading that with a whole set of lens, like a different set of lens. Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many there be which go therein. Now, when you're reading the Word of God, who's he reading to? Who's he talking to? He's talking to you. He's talking to me. And he says, because straight is the gate and narrow is the way, which leads unto life. And few there be that find it. When he says life, he's not even talking about heaven. I can't tell you how many people have preached heaven out of this. He's not talking about heaven. Straight is the gate and narrow is the way, which leads unto life. And few there be that find it. Jesus said, my words, when I speak, they are spirit and they are life. They're not, they're not like like the other guys that are just up there preaching about me, they actually, the true ones know him and they're speaking life. Now here's the thing, context. The very next verse, he says, beware of false prophets. And let me tell you something. When you see the word beware and Jesus is speaking, pay attention. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Now, think about this for a second. I'm, I'm just going to break it down here. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Okay. How do you discern? First of all, I believe the only way that you're going to discern and not fall, pray to them. Okay. P-R-E-Y. You won't fall, be seduced by them, is by you entering at the straight gate. What is the straight gate? I mean, are you kidding me? <laughs> the straight gate. I believe, is that place that you have to go where there has to be a drastic change in you. That straight gate is could be the word of the Lord that he's speaking to you. You know, and as you know, my testimony, if you've heard anything, you know, back years ago, I, I came to a place where, Lord, what do you want me to do? And, you know, you're thinking ministry, great things for God. And I'm going to I want you to be with your children. OK. And by the grace of God, I did. That was pleasing unto the Lord. That was very spiritual. That was very holy unto the Lord. Why? Because the commandment came from God. Right? I want you to be with your children. Matter of fact, you don't even have to be concerned about ministry. You don't have to be concerned about like being on the worship team. You don't even have to be concerned about teaching or anything like that. And yes, I know you've got all these abilities in you. But I want you right now to be with your children. Okay, it's like David out in the 
out in the fields with the sheep. And it's time for a new king. And God says to Samuel, I found, a, I found somebody who's going to replace Saul. A man of my own heart. He's the son of Jesse. Go to the house of Jesse and go anoint him and proclaim that he's going to be king. Right? He goes to Jesse's house and he's got seven brothers. And he looks at one and he says, surely this is the Lord's anointed. This is a prophet speaking. Surely this is the Lord's anointed. And what does the Lord say to him? Mm-mm. Nope. Don't look after his outward appearance. See, man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks upon the heart. And he went through each son like he went, surely. And it's like, surely. You're looking and all of a sudden like you go through it. And everyone is, nope, 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 nope. Is this all there is? And it's like, well, I do have one more son, but he's not here. <laughs> and I like, when I look at that today, I'm like, he's not in the meeting. He's not in the church. He's nowhere near the fellowship. They've got him out in the wilderness taking care of the sheep. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Yeah. You see, take care of my. Hey, I want you to be with your children. So David, when he's out there with the sheep, God's watching. He's making sure he's taking care of each one. He's hauling. If one takes off, he'll go get it. He, he's doing what he's what he's supposed to be doing. My point is, he's nowhere in the meeting. I can go on about John the Baptist you know there's a scripture because there's people like yourself some of you listening today and you you're looking for a true word of the lord you you have some discontent in your heart and i'm telling you there's a reason for it okay blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness for they shall be filled don't give up don't give up on the search keep on seeking him keep on acknowledging him keep on going after him but there's a verse in luke chapter 3 and in verse 2, it says this, Annas and Caiaphas, being the high priests, the word of God came unto John, the son of Zacharias, in the wilderness. My point for sharing this is, if you wanted the true word of God, you couldn't get it in a religious system. You could not find the true word of God there. Here, the word of God comes unto John, the son of Zacharias, in the wilderness. And so it is with God's chosen. He's got David. He's not in the house. He's not in the religious meeting. He's not in the, how you say, Bible conference. He's not in the home fellowship. He's out there with the smelly sheep. Looks nothing like it. You, you know what I'm saying? And it's like what, what smells good to you is bad to another. And it's interesting because God is looking upon the heart. And I believe that young David was doing everything as unto the Lord. And when you're doing everything as unto the Lord in your life, it becomes very pleasing to God. And see, God's preparing you. Okay? He's preparing you. And let me just say this. How do I say this? How do I say this? Your reward, okay, some of it, and this may, may offend you, your reward may not necessarily come in this lifetime. Now, that's kind of a hard, hard, swill, hard pill to swallow, isn't it? I think it is. It doesn't necessarily have to come in this lifetime. And if you ever read a, a Hebrews chapter 11, you know what I'm talking about. But see, we know that without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And see, there it is right there. That, that's a powerful verse. Without faith, you have to trust. 
It is impossible to please him, for he that comes to God must believe that he is. Why would they say that? Why would that? Why would the writer write that? He must believe. Whoever, whoever comes to God must believe that he is. Why? Because I'll tell you why. One of the reasons is because everything around you is saying that he's not. The whole world around us does not believe in God. The whole world basically is anti-Christ. And you notice it's not anti-Buddha. It's not anti-this or anti-that. It's anti-Christ. Jesus Christ, the true God. So without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And if you ever read the words, you know, by faith, you know, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. Because he had, before his translation, he had this testimony or witness that he pleased God. You see that? That's in verse 5. Hebrews 11, verse 5. He had this witness, this testimony, that he pleased God. I want you to be with your children. I'm using that as an example. I'm not ashamed of that. I want you to be with your children. By the grace of God, I heard that. And I have the fruit. I'm telling you, the fruit of that obedience is in our relationship with our children and the relationship I have with my children today. They're grown. And they have little grandchildren. And I'm, I'm just, it's just awesome. By faith, Noah, being warned of God, of things not seen as yet, he moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house. Hey, God gave Noah one thing to do. He, he obeyed. By the grace of God, he obeyed. I want you to build an ark. It never rained in those days, folks. I want you to build an ark. You talk about ridiculed, mocked, uh, rejected, hated. Uh, we have no idea the things he had to endure when he was building that. God gives you a commandment. By the grace of God, please do it. It may seem foolish to you. And I've been, I've been quoting that scripture, you know, the, the things of the, that the carnal man doesn't receive the things of the Spirit. It's foolishness unto him. You've got a carnal man inside you and you need to slay him. <laughs> he needs to die daily. And you need to hear that the Spirit of the Lord, he's got a word for you. And it will seem foolish at first. But here's the difference between that which is of the soul and that which is of the Spirit. The difference is life and death. And what happens is, if you choose the soulish and you choose to do your own thing, that heart of yours gets hardened. And I read that in the last show in Hebrews chapter 4. And that's a very stern warning right there for, for the human heart. And so, so going back to, um, to Matthew 7, beware of false prophets, why? And how can you know them? By their fruit. And, and, and okay, so I believe... And I'm speaking from personal experience because somebody said this a long time to me, long time ago to me, and it's, it remained with me to this very day, that every single one of us, when the seed of God comes in us, okay, you have the potential, okay, it really becomes something in the sight of God. Now, be careful because that which is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. So you could be doing the commandments of men or you could be very impressive in, in front of people. But God's looking upon the heart. And so, what's the difference here? I believe that the connection here is that these men, and I know today there's women, they didn't go in the straight gate. What do I mean by the straight gate? There's a straight gate. It's the commandment of the Lord. And they didn't want to deal with it. Okay? If I may use uh, as an example, I'll, uh, I'll tell you in, in 2 Timothy, I want to go there right now, Chapter 4. 
the, the straight gate, and I want to equate this Second Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 and 2 and 3. Eh, let's just go 1 through 4, okay? I'm going to read it. I charge thee, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. See, there's the commandment. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Listen to these words. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. Boy, that long-suffering? Why? For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. Now, right now, my spirit is just jumping all over the place. The time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. If I can just stop right there, that doesn't mean some future time. Then all of a sudden, like in the year 2025, the time they will not endure sound doctrine. No, the time comes in your life and my life. See, I'm speaking to somebody, hopefully, who's hungering and thirsting after his righteousness. The time comes in, in your life and in my life that when that word comes, or that circumstance comes, uh, that betrayal comes, or the trial comes, um, that, oh, gee, you know, oh, that's so hard. But what are you going to choose? Are you going to choose the words of Christ? Or are you going to choose, you know, your own selfish way? Are you going to choose the way of the cross? Or are you going to run around it? You know, um, God has ordained us, like, and to walk. You know, after his steps, and he's going to lead us into paths that I'm going to tell you this right now. You're going to be exposed for your weakness, your infirmities. I mean, just your weaknesses, your 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 whatever. I mean, it just it just gets horrible, and you get exposed for what you really are. Blessed are the poor in spirit. You don't get poor in spirit by just having a knowledge of reading what I just read to you. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Right. I can read that and have that head knowledge all I want, all day long. And I can try and tell others, blessed are the poor in spirit. But until you become actually poor in spirit, well, guess what? That's through some tribulation. That's through some heartache. That's through some suffering. Um, they that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Here's one, if I may give an example of the false, a false prophet versus a true. There's a scripture that reads, we must, through much tribulation, enter into the kingdom of God. Now, this is Acts 14.22. For we must, through much tribulation, enter into the kingdom of God. Now, somebody, I once sat through a teaching, and the guy's pretty actually famous, about the, uh, what do they call it? Uh, the the pre-trib, pre-tribulation, mid-trib, and then post-trib. And I, they got all these tribs, tribulations where people were, were going to be here during the tribulation. We're not going to be here and all this. That, and when he got done, I don't know, it was about 45 minutes. And when he got done, he goes, he, he goes, okay, are we all confused now? And a whole bunch of hands went up and mine included. I'm like, I looked at him and I went, what was that all about? Was that even necessary? And I'm like, I just went home like so disturbed. And I was like, Lord, come on, you know, there's got to be more. And so I'm crying out and I'm like, okay, here's the difference. They got you looking out to some future, future time, okay? When, when the tribulation is going to come, whether you're going to be in it or not. 
Let me ask you this. If you go through your life and you're 70 years old now, 80 years old, do I really, no offense, but I mean, I don't mean this to sound rude or anything, but do I really even care, you know, about that that's coming? Like, I care about today. Today's the day of salvation. And so Paul's word in, in the book of Acts, we must through much tribulation enter the kingdom of God. That's today. Do you think Joseph was thinking about pre-trib, post-trib, mid-trib when he was thrown into a pit? No, he was immediately in tribulation. His soul started tribulating. I, I know mine would, and I've had. I've been thrown into situations where my heart is tribulating, and oh my God, get me out of here. And all, that. and all of a sudden, you begin to realize that, yeah, your brothers threw you into the pit, but perhaps God threw you into that pit. Ah, see, that's like me going back to Job. Job acknowledged God in all his trials. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The Lord has given me and the Lord has taken away. All things, I'm just saying this myself, all things have come through God. He come through the hands of God. He allows this for his purposes. And so, folks, I am absolutely running out of time. This is crazy. But um, I'm hoping that this will just plant a seed where you, you'll consider. And again, my heart is that you and me together we will return to the word of the Lord and we will return to the Lord himself. Okay, it's not enough just the word. But when the spirit is on those words and the Lord is speaking to you, you've got something to say. And hopefully in due time, when he sends you, your words are going to be spirit and they're going to be life. I want to thank you for listening today. I want to thank you for your faithfulness to this ministry. Um, I count it a privilege and an honor to serve you in this way. Um, any comments, any encouragements, anything that you want to add, um, you're more than welcome to uh, email me at Health Life Today. Um, there's an email account right there, and uh, I, I welcome that. And I just, again, want to thank you, and I just pray that the Lord would bless you and keep you, and uh, that you would find, He would find you in His perfect peace. And I bless you today, in Jesus' name. Amen.